0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.
2: Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to Know Your Enemy. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict, with me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing today?
1: Doing excellent. Excellent. Just ready to, to talk to a, a friendly enemy, a friend of me this evening. And uh talking to Pat Lane. And Pat, thank you for joining yeah. us. That comes to us from Pat's pulpit.
2: On SB Nation, just like behind the steel curtain, he's uh he's the, the arch nemesis villains of the internet on S B Nation there as a Patriot representative. Yep. How are you guys doing today?
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, you know, living. I had a nice a golf tournament today, which was nice, got the day out from school, so that was good. Um All right. So that was that was an enjoy. I had a a nice, enjoyable day with no with no uh, eighth graders annoying me. So that was nice.
2: (laughs) I I have to ask you this because obviously Brady left. He's in Tampa Bay. Uh, The Patriots are rebuilding. They're in year two, year three, whatever they're in here. Uh, Is it the same being a Patriots fan? Does you still get the same amount of hate for being for, for the Patriots out there? as there was even, you know, three years ago. Uh,
3: yes. Yeah. But the, see, the hard thing is that that hate, I used to like embrace it because then I could just be like, well, yeah, okay, go ahead and hate. And then, you know, in February we'll be in the Super Bowl again, or, you know, we play in the AFC championship game eight straight years. It doesn't really matter what you think. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, you hate us. And also we're like, not that good anymore. Right. So, bills fans like oh you guys suck and oh, you know and it's like all right well you're the little brother who's finally finally grown up yeah. and you know and and we got ricky and old and and now you can pound on us a little bit and so unfortunately we gotta take our medicine for a little while it's uh but you know it is what it is and, and most people are most people are okay right there's not yeah. too many people that are like you know aggressively mean about it so yeah I don't mind it, you know, coming from coming from, you know, friends and whatnot or or people that I interact with the internet. I don't mind the hate. Um, yeah. because it's all fun. It's all it, you know, it's all it's all for fun for me. So
2: You can but, always uh, like you can always run into your closet, uh, cradle yeah. those six Lombardi trophies exactly, and cry right. yourself to sleep. That's you know? a,
3: someone someone posted a meme of like someone somebody crying with like the five with the five trophies and then they're wiping away their tears with the with the six yeah. on them. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, before we get into real questions, I just want I just I need to show this is a comment from our group. I know Shannon talked to me. He was going to talk about this before uh, before the show started. Here we go. The important thing we do need to establish today. Jesse James caught that ball.
3: I mean, kind of didn't, right? Like, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, not at not at, the t- at the time, at the time, <laughs> the rules were a little bizarre.
3: I mean, listen, by the letter of the law, he didn't yeah. catch the ball. But the law yeah. is stupid yeah. because he clearly caught the ball. But yeah. the rule says that he didn't. It's just like, what are we talking about? It's like yeah. Calvin Johnson catches the ball in the end zone and throws it on the ground, and it's not a catch. And you're like, well, how is that not a catch? He clearly caught it. It's Hand just it like- to
2: the referee, and they're like, you didn't have control. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> didn't have, oh, didn't have
1: control. All right. Now- oh, Go ahead, Shannon. I was going to say. Pat, the best thing is learn to embrace the hate, love the hate, because that means you're good, right? You know, it's when you talk about the Steelers and you talk about the Patriots and used to you talk about the Cowboys, but they've been irrelevant. So for so long, 20 years, they still talk like they're included in that, right? The 49ers are closer at least, but the best teams are the ones that are hated the most. But the, for the Steelers, the Steelers have the Ravens, who mm-hmm. there's a lot of hatred there, but there's also a lot of respect. Right. Then you have the pay, the Bengals and the Browns, two teams that's never won anything. Right. And their fan base hate us, hate the Steelers and Steelers fans, but they're, they lack the respect. I mean, I don't know if you seen Sunday's game, but but it was a hard hitting game because those two oh, teams yeah. don't do not like each other. Yeah, my question for you is: I don't, I'm not as familiar with the Patriots. Obviously, uh, who does the Patriots have? I mean, Miami hasn't won anything in forever. Buffalo's right. been there four times and never won anything. And then you got the Jets. So, who is the rivalry? I mean, I know Miami's becoming an issue. Yeah, but who who does the the Patriots fans look at as? Who's the Patriots Ravens is what I'm trying
3: to say. Well, the Ravens sometimes are the Patriots Ravens, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's like the team that we had that rivalry with. And and they would always come in and play us tough in New England. And I feel like they were a team that was never afraid to come in to Gillette, right, and and play us. And so they were, they were the team for a while. And you say, like, you know, the Jets just hate us, but they're terrible the mm-hmm. dolphins fans hate us they don't even exist half i mean i don't even know i don't even, i don't know 10 dolphins fans like so it's like you know <laughs> they're not even real people you know so like so they don't really hate it. and the bills of course have hated us forever because of where we are but i always kind of so i have family from buffalo so i always kind of had a soft spot for the bills so it's a little bit different for me but um but honestly it's really kind of like the ravens the steelers the teams that were always good you know in these last 20 years the Steelers were always in the playoffs. The Ravens were pretty much always in the playoffs. Like it, those were the teams that you built those rivalries with because you played the, the biggest games and the biggest moments against those teams. And then, and obviously wherever Peyton was, which of course he's gone now. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. different, but like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, honestly, like the Ravens and the Steelers are, the, are those teams where it was like those heated rivalries and, you know, we didn't like them, but I always, I always had respect for them. Cause I always knew that like, guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, they were going to show up and play and they mm-hmm. weren't going to be afraid. Right. And Roethlisberger would show up and play no matter what. And like, you know, he'd be hobbled r- running around with 19 injuries and he'd still gut it out and, and get there on the field. And you knew the Steelers are going to be a tough out no matter what the situation was. So like, so, I mean, it's, it's almost, we almost kind of had, go, had to go outside the division because the division wasn't very good for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I, yeah, I kind of feel like the I feel like the AFC North really was was kind of the spot with the Ravens and the Steelers for us, uh, at least for the last 20 years, maybe a little different now, but at least, you know, until as long as Brady was here. That's that's kind of what it was. It's growing into now Dolphins and Bills, especially the Bills just circled in the calendar every year. They're like, mm-hmm. just we have to you know, we have to beat the Patriots every single year. Right. And so um, that's one of those things where we're going to lose 46 to 10 to the pills until we can compete with them because they're going to, they're going to run up the score on us because they're like, you've been killing us for 20 freaking years. (laughs) We need to get some of that back, you know? So.
2: Absolutely. All right. For this team specifically. All right. uh, Looking at it, where, where is this team? Where do you think this Patriots team is? Do you think they're you know, a, a few lucky breaks from being a playoff team. Could they, are they a, a rebuilding team? Are they a team looking for a good draft pick? Where, where do you put them?
3: So I have no idea. I have no freaking idea. I went into, I went into Sunday thinking, all right, everyone's pessimistic. I wrote an article on Sunday about how they were going to win the game. And I thought, Hey, look, I know they haven't looked great, but things going not look better when they're together. And they're going to, and then they came out and just looked like absolute dog poo. It was unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> they were terrible. And, you know, and and the thing was is that their defense played good enough to keep them in the game, right? There was one fourth down play with a busted coverage that ended up being a touchdown. O- outside of that, they gave up six points on defense. The offense just couldn't get anything going. And when they were able to to break a big play, Nelson Aguilar is two steps behind his defender and Mac just misses him, right? And so, like, <laughs> it's those types of things where you just, like, you know, you, you have to take advantage of the opportunities. And the Patriots are a team that, and they kind of suffered from this last year too. They don't have that home run hitter. They don't have like the, that amazing player, and that's why Tyquan Dorton getting hurt sucks because he's got that that game changing speed that that you know the league is looking for. Mm-hmm. But he's hurt, right? So like they're methodical and making plays, and it takes a while for them to get going. So when you get the opportunity to do something, you have to you have to do it, and you know, and they weren't able to do it on Sunday, so. I, I have no idea. I know they're going to play good defense, um, and I think Mac Jones is still the guy, but the offense just was all – was terrible. I mean, they came out firing in the first half. It was great. First drive was awesome. He throws a pick. And it was questionable. Maybe passing interference, maybe not. But, like, you still – you know, you got to make that play as the receiver. You got to throw a better ball as the quarterback. Like, all, you know, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And then the rest of the game looked like garbage until the until they came out in the, in the second half. So, like – the, uh Short short answer long here. Like, you know, it, it just I have no freaking idea where they are. I think they're a nine to ten win team. I really do believe that. But what I saw on Sunday, that's not a nine or ten win team. That's a seven win team. Maybe, maybe even less. And so we'll see what happens on Sunday against the Steelers. But if they trot that performance out there, it's going to be ugly.
1: I love quarterback system unions i mean certain quarterbacks go to certain systems Mm -hmm. and you know you see it and you're like this is a perfect fit right now everybody a lot of my colleagues were like you know mac jones we're not too impressed by him and i'm like if he goes from alabama he is perfect for belichick in new england and i thought that was a perfect i mean you know look at the the crap that lawrence found himself in with Urban Meyer and Jacksonville, you know, some quarterbacks are set up for failure. He was set up for success. And I was not shocked that he had a really good rookie season and that they were able to, to go to the playoffs. Um, that being said, how do you feel about Mac Jones? What is the the average fan feel about his progression and and what is his ceiling? Is he a guy that can get the Patriots deep into the playoffs? To me, I don't see the same weapons on offense that the Patriots have had down through the years. Whether it be a running back or receiver, there's definitely no Gronkowski. You know, so I'm not really sure that he's who he's working with. I know he's got a great coach, but as far as the talent level of the offense, where do you think his ceiling is starting in his second year?
3: It's a good question. I mean, I, look, I always look at the comp for him as, as Kirk Cousins, and I know that, that a lot of NFL fans are going to be like, ugh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but, like, Kirk Cousins is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. He's He's a good quarterback. The thing about Kirk Cousins is that when the moment gets big – he pees down his leg, right? He can't do it. So like if he can be Kirk cousins, but then also play well in those big moments. Now you're looking at a player that's a top 10 quarterback and maybe even better than that. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I look, he's, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh. He's not that guy, right? Mm -hmm. He can, he runs okay, but he doesn't have the super strong arm. He doesn't, it's just not who he is but he has to win cerebrally at cerebral, whatever that word is at the line, right? With his, yeah. with his
2: brain, with his brain. It's, yeah. it's, he has to,
3: yeah. he has to, he has to uh, win with his brain at the line, pre-snap and post-snap. That's why, the, you know, the, the, the strip sack for a touchdown was alarming because, okay, maybe that was on Trent Brown, but also like Max, sees that guy come late. He has to say, "Whoa, Hey, that guy's coming. Like we mm-hmm. have to know that that guy's coming. Uh, and nobody, nobody knew he was coming. Right. So, That's the type of stuff where it's like, we got to figure that out. Um, And I think that that's where he can win. He's a super hard worker. He makes the right throws for the most part. He makes all of the right throws. You can see it. Like you see, he's that type of guy Mm -hmm. and all the guys love him and respect him, which is great. And that's a good first step. But it's just kind of like, can he, can he continue the evolution of what he started last year? Right. He had a fantastic rookie year. And I think his weapons got better this year. They traded for Devonte Parker, who did nothing on Sunday, but, like, I think is okay. And, again, they draft Tyquan Thornton, who is going to be good. He just is hurt right now. So it's, you know, they're getting better on offense, but it's just not, it's not all there yet, right? All those pieces aren't working together yet. So uh, the hope is high-end Kirk Cousins, right, which is top-10 quarterback in the NFL, which, to me, if you put enough pieces around him and you have the coaching staff that the Patriots have – you give yourself a chance to win a game. To win any game. You get all you gotta do is get in the playoffs, and then you never know. You just never know what's gonna happen in any game. And so, you know, and as long as he can perform in those games, then you know, you have a shot against anyone. And that that's kind of what I'm hoping for him. Um, and we'll see, but that's but that's what I'm hoping for him.
1: One one quick thing. You said Kirk Cousins. I see Jimmy Grappolo,
3: yeah.
1: I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo got the 49ers there. He did, but when he had the opportunity to make hit that big play, he missed
3: it. He missed it. Right.
1: We don't know if Mac Jones would do, but he. But I think he could get him there. I think in the right system, he could be very much like Jimmy.
3: Yeah, and that's it's not a terrible comp. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's better than Jimmy G, but but I think I think it's close. I think you're probably right. Um, I'd like to see him get better than Jimmy G because. If he doesn't, then the, to me it's going to kind of be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving him his fifth year option. Well, maybe give him his fifth year option, but then I'm not signing him to some huge contract to be the guy because Jimmy G isn't the guy, right? He's the guy where everything. San Fran is the perfect example. Everything was perfect in San Francisco. They had a phenomenal defense. They had a great offense. They could just hand the ball off to Debo, quick screens, quick passes, quick slants. He didn't have to do anything on his own. And then when the moment comes to it, he's got to hit that deep pass and he can't do it. Right. So like, that's the thing is that yes, you can get them there, but then are you going to have to make a play to win the game? And can you do that or not? Right. And so it's like, yeah, that's great that he was the quarterback there, but Sam Fran recognized it. Like, yeah, no, he's not the guy. Right. They gave up two first round picks to go up and get, I still think they were going up to get Mac Jones, but they, they went up and got Trey Lance and, and we'll see where that takes them. But they knew Jimmy wasn't the guy. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping for, for better than Jimmy G, but you never know.
2: The Patriots looking at their, uh, I always like looking at team salary cap situations and what they're paying yeah. different guys. And right there at the top of their, their, uh, their spending is the tight end position. Has that, and that's, that's a consistent thing with Belichick's offense mm-hmm. is those tight ends. He wants two of them and he wants them to be guys that are, that are tough to match up with. Is that still a thing working out for the Patriots? How are the tight end positions working out?
3: Hunter Henry had a great year year last year. Played well. Caught 10 touchdown passes. um, Was, you know, one of their most reliable receivers. And John Smith was a complete no-show last year. Uh, He didn't get a target until late in the game. But once he did get – I think he ended up with like three for 33 or something like that last week. He is very good with the ball in his hands. Um, He's not the best route runner. He's more of a – like a matchup guy where it's like, Hey, we're going to throw a quick screen to him or we're going to run, you know, orbit motion and throwing the ball coming out of the backfield or, you know, he's going to run a jet sweep or something like that. And that's, that's kind of what John, who was going to do, um, which is fine. And there's a place for that for sure. But um, you know, I, it's it's kind of surprising they haven't used him in more ways. I think you're going to see more as the season progresses. They're going to kind of move him all over the field and get him moving a little bit more. I think it's good to have a guy like a guy like Hunter Henry, where you know he's reliable. Yeah, you know he's going to be able to get open. You know he's going to be able to catch the ball. He, you know, he doesn't really drop passes at all, and he does get open. And so I think that's an important thing. And and we saw. I mean, obviously, Gronk's the best tight end in the history of the football. Like, it's a little bit different. It's not really fair to compare anyone to yeah. him, but like, we saw what he could do for years. And you guys know, too, in Pittsburgh, you guys have always used, you know, whether it be Heath Miller or, you know, now Fryermuth or, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, you guys have always had good tight ends as well. And, and that helps move the offense forward when you have one of those reliable guys. And so, you know, Hunter's more of the, more of the, the, the normal tight end and John, who's kind of that move guy. But again, it's one of those things where it's like, you want to put a linebacker on John. You can't cover him with a linebacker. So now you have to bring a safety down and cover him. Yeah. If he split out wide, now there's a safety on him. Well, where is that safety now? He's not over the top anymore, or he's not in the box anymore. And now either we can run on you, or we can throw something over the top, or whatever the case may be. So that he's a little chess piece, I think, more so than than a, a, a you know a wide tight end like Hunter Henry is.
1: One question I have is. Um you know before we jump off into the defense is mac jones they said he had his back the mri on his back yep and that he had they said it was back spasms which max spasms can you know anything get triggered or you can have a slip disc or you know there's different things uh how is he doing this week has he been practicing and uh you know how, how what's his status for the week or have you heard yet
3: yeah, so he was a full participant today in practice. Uh, got some video from, you know, they do a quick media portion of practice, really just warm-ups, right? But he looked like he was moving just fine. Um, and then he talked to the media afterwards and said, nope, good to go, I'm playing this weekend. So uh, he's already put that out there that he's good to go, he's playing, um, he feels good, he said. So, you know, being a full participant is a good thing. I, I was worried that he was going to be kind of uh, limited and not, you know, not playing and, and get – but. You know, if he's a full participant and his his back is feeling good and everything's feeling good, um, you know, certainly a good sign because it's week one, and especially with a new offensive line, you know, a reshuffled—it's not really new, but a reshuffled offensive line that struggled last week—it's uh, you know, it's alarming. It's a little bit alarming to see to see something like that happen. So,
2: move into the defense. I want, I'm going to start. Uh, my main draft crush and the guy I wanted most of all to be on the Steelers. In 2021 was Christian Barmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just reminds me of like a Cam Hayward, Stephon it, the typical Steelers yeah. defensive lineman. How has he been working out in New England? I know they they kind of eased him in a bit last year. Uh, what's what do you expect from him this season?
3: I expect big things from him. He was awesome last year. Uh, he was just one of those guys that's just a force. Like he just gets in the middle and he causes disruptions, right? And so, and you're totally right. And and he didn't have. He didn't have the sack production, but he had a ton of pressures last year. So he was getting to the quarterback, but not, you know, not getting the sack. And so um, the Patriots had a strip sack, which Miami recovered, but Patriots had a strip sack and he was in the backfield. He didn't get credit for the sack, but he was in the backfield when the sack happened right there, basically. Um, And so, you know, he definitely he killed guys one on one all summer whether it be the Patriots or or really anyone else that they went against in joint practices. So he's pretty much unblockable one-on-one and he's shown that um, all off season, which has been great. Uh, I expect big things for him. Again, the sack production, just because the the Patriots don't typically let those guys just go, right? They're not going to say, Hey, Barnmore, pin your ears back and go get the court. That's not what they do. So I expect the sack numbers to be like fairly pedestrian, probably like five ish again, maybe six, but I think that his impact that is going to be felt in the middle and people are going to walk out of those games saying like this kid's a stud. And uh, and I think that's, you know, that's what I'm expecting from him. We'll see what happens, but that's what I'm expecting from, from him this year. I
1: always hate when the stores play Belichick and the Patriots because I've always said one of the things that made Belichick and Brady great is they have no ego. Yeah. If he finds a weak spot, he will could run that play over and over and over. I think one game, playoff game, I think uh, the running back, Falk, might have had 15, 14, 15 catches because, you know, that's a weak spot in the right. Stewart's 3-4 is that, is that running back, that matchup out of the backfield, and they just kept, you know, where Brady could have tried to force it into the strength of our defense. He's dropping that thing down and just moving it right down the field. and They scored every time. That concerns me this year because the Steelers, one of their biggest weaknesses, is in the middle, mm-hmm. and uh, especially in the coverage. So I expect that the Steelers are going to see a heavy dose of that. If that happens, which running back? I was going to switch to the defense, but I have to ask you this: which running back should the Steelers be looking out for this week?
3: So out of the back, receiving out of the backfield is Ramondre Stevenson. So it's Ty-, Ty Montgomery, who they picked up from uh, Green Bay. He hurt his ankle. Actually, was carted off the field in the last preseason game, and then played last week in Miami. Which I was shocked that he played last week in Miami, and then they just put him on IR a few days ago. So mm-hmm. clearly, he was trying to fight through it, couldn't, and so they said, "Okay, just take the full weeks off, and you'll come back." Um, but Ramondre Stevenson, who was a rookie last year, he just—he's very fluid with his routes. They lined him up in the slot a few times, and he like is a—he's a crisp route runner and does a nice job catching the ball. Um, and so. You know, anyone that would be catching the ball to the backfield, I would expect it would be him. They have JJ Taylor on the practice squad that they could theoretically elevate for the game. Pierre Strong was a healthy scratch last week. He's a rookie this year. I wouldn't really expect too much from him. I, you know, if there's anyone coming out of the backfield, to me, it would be Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he would be the guy that I think is going to take those third down passing duties. And so yeah, you might be right. He might have eight nine catches this week because they might look at that and say, yep that's a that's a weakness on this defense and you know they have a lot of speed, but the in you know they're they're the the way they cover the back out of the backfield isn't great, and so we can exploit that, right. So that might be something that they do. um but yeah, Stevenson would be the guy that I'd look for there.
2: All right, with the Patriots defense. What is the strength of the defense? What does what, what do they what does Patriots defense rely on to get the job done? What's their main unit even?
3: So it's funny. It's funny because I thought it was the front going into the season. I thought it was the front seven, right? You got Barmore. You got Matthew Judon. I, I, you know, I love I love uh, Jawan Bentley, although he's kind of a two down player. But I love guys like Jawan Bentley. I think that they have a good, you know, Lawrence Guy and and Devon Godshaw, and I think they have a really good front seven. And then you got guys, you know, Mike Tomlin today was calling Jonathan Jones a, a lockdown corner, like J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore, which I mean, he's like maybe fluffing him up just a little bit. But still, like, you know, that's <laughs> he did a really nice job against Tyreek Hill last year yeah, last week. So, like, you know, the secondary who I thought I think a lot of people thought that secondary was going to take a big step back. I think the secondary is a little bit better than people expected. Uh, Jalen Mills got a really bad reputation in Philadelphia. I thought he had a great year last year. And he looked pretty good uh, last week he had that one blown coverage but he had help over the th- it was a whole thing on fourth down and it was you know he he could have played it better but the tackle should have been made right there when when Waddle caught it um but you know I do think that I think that they're a pretty balanced defense to be honest with you they got they got a lot of safeties that can play they got a lot of corners that can that do a nice job covering and they have a pretty solid front 7 the thing is they don't have they don't have that like one elite unit where they're like, hey, man, Minka Fitzpatrick is a great example. Minka Fitzpatrick's an absolute stud. This guy does everything for you guys, right? He does Mm -hmm. everything. And so it's like, okay, you don't, like, wherever he is, throw it somewhere else. Like, don't even look at him. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where you don't even go near him because he's going to make a play if you get it near him. The Patriots don't really have a guy like that. They just have all the guys just are solid. They're just good. So they're not like amazing, but they're all like good and can play well. And so they're like they're like above average to really good to good in everything. They're just not overwhelmingly good in anything. That that, that's how I would yeah. look at their defense at least.
2: We got a we have a uh, someone gave us a dollar ninety nine here. Blake Literal gave us a dollar ninety nine. His statement, his question is Pat. Favorite Steeler of all time. My favorite New England player was Mike Rabel. Uh, similar to a lot of Steeler fans who who regretted letting Mike Rabel go from the Steelers. Uh, so, favorite w- Steeler all time.
3: I was going to say, can I pick Mike Rabel too? No. Um, so, I think... Uh, man, favorite Steeler of all time. I think... I think it might have to be it's probably a tie for me, uh, between Heinz Ward and, and Palomalu. Both of those guys were just they were awesome. Palomalu with the hair, dude. He just like he was so much <laughs> fun to watch. Just coming through, blowing plays up. He was great. Um, you know, and, and he's one of those guys that I liked them all I almost liked them better because I knew the Patriots could take advantage of him at, at times because they would you know, Brady was so good at manipulating and they mm-hmm. knew like what he was looking for. So Brady wouldn't manipulate with it with his eyes. And, and he never really had those great plays against us. But I just feel like at least once a Sunday, if you were watching a Steelers game that Paloma was going to make some stupid play and you can be like, what in, how did he do that? He'd leap mm-hmm. over the center and tackle this mm-hmm. tackle, the quarterback or something like that. Or like something stupid where you're just like, how in the world could he put, did he possibly pull that off? You know? I, the the example that I'll use is like the the oh, the 06 divisional game against the Colts get screwed on that interception, which is like an amazing interception, and they called yeah. it an incompletion. It was clearly an interception, but they called it an incompletion. But it was like there's no way he should have ever been able to even make that play. Mm-hmm. And and he still did, right? So he was um he was awesome. He was great. So I, I might have to go Palomo, but Heinz Ward, man, was just Heinz Ward's like one of those guys. He's like an Edelman type player where he just like he he almost liked the block more than like the catch. It was great.
2: Oh yeah, I at the time i I'm 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 sorry, Shay, I'm jumping in. Jumping, I got to talk about my boy Hines here. Uh, I'm actually I, I'm actually uh, from Michigan. I'm, uh, I'm okay. a Michigan Wolverines fan, so I was a fan of Tom Brady until about 2003. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I there. But uh, I always said like if Hines Ward didn't get Ben Roethlisberger till 2004 when he was 30. And I said, like if you put him on a team like New England, where he, honestly perfect fit for that team's oh, yeah, like that early, early Brady culture of mm-hmm. that team, he, he'd be in the hall of fame, like a lock. I still think he should be, but that would have been he, his stats would be ridiculous. He would have been so great on those teams. I agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: I've got to ask you this question because I any Patriots fans, we don't meet a lot of Patriots fans where I'm from. I'm from West Virginia. <laughs> We meet a few, but I always – every team has the Holy Grail. Yep. And if you talk about who – it's funny that that Blake asked that question because it fits perfectly with my own. Everybody has, you know, their favorite players. Yep. And for Steelers, you know, my gosh, the list is, you know, half the Hall of Fame still. (laughs) Uh, But the the Patriots have always done it differently. The Steelers are more of a family organization, whereas the Patriots are all business. And yep. Kraft has run them that way. You know, they traded Chandler Jones. And you know what I'm saying? It's just. Oh, yeah. They, so they don't have that uh, special connection with the players and the fans a lot of times. So if you say, who's your favorite Patriot? Everybody says Brady. I say, who's your next? Now, you'll hear Gronk. Yep. But there is a couple other names. So I'm not right. going to say who's your favorite, but who's your second favorite Patriot?
3: Uh, I tell you. My second favorite Patriot might be Tom Brady. My first favorite Patriot is Vince Wilfork. because not even close. Vince is.
1: Oh right, good Vince,
3: job. Vince, I <laughs> I love Vince so much. I have a, I actually have a jersey. I used to wear. I I I have season tickets, so I wear a jersey to every game. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, my old one was the Vince one, and then he signed it, which is dope. So I have a, I have a Vince signed, uh, signed jersey, and then I have a eight by ten signed by Vince, and I have a rookie card, like a whole thing. I, I just. I love the guy I played D tackle in high school and like I was always like, you know, he came out from Miami and he dropped all the way to 21. And I'm sitting there like, what do they do? Vince what's Vince freaking Wolf on? and they drafted yeah. him they sat there at 21 and drafting was unbelievable. Uh, and he comes in and it, it he's he's outrageous. And you know, he's a guy that I know Seymour made the Hall of Fame this year. I I'm hoping that he's gonna get the call up soon because he was completely dominant and doesn't have the counting stats. As some other guys do, but that was on purpose because he was playing nose tackle, right? Exactly. He, he, you know, he's taken up two, three blockers every, every play.
1: Hey, I applaud you for that answer. I applaud you. I have deep respect I because we love Casey Hampton. Yeah, And I Absolutely. always said that the two greatest nose tackles ever are Vince Wilfork and Casey Hampton. They both should be in the Hall of Fame because it ain't about yep. statistics. Right. Just look at the average yards per game against them. Look at the, the the run defense, and look at what they provided. As you said, they're taking up two or three blockers. One dude. I mean, those two guys were beasts. So I applaud your answer, young man.
3: Thank you. I also a little fun fact for you: uh, Vince Wilfork has as many career interceptions as Jamal Adams. If you ever want to piss off a Jet <laughs> slash Seahawks fan, uh, better
2: hands. Better hands. <laughs> he does. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought, I, I would, I'll tell you, I was expecting you to give uh, the answer of the jersey behind you. Uh, oh yeah, Willie. Really. My favorite yeah. Patriot. Oh yeah? Willie McInnes, that guy. He was one of those guys, I was like, man, if we could have him on the Steelers, Just his present, the presence in the field, in the locker room. That guy was just like, the the baddest dude on the field. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that James Harrison kind of mold of just, everyone knows that's, that's the guy. Yeah. Don't mess with that guy. And he just does what he wants. I loved, Willie McGinnis, he was, he
3: was was awesome. Yeah. And so I was, I was 10 when they drafted him. So I, when I really first started, I really got into the Patriots in 93 when they drafted blood. So, and that was, I was nine. Right. And so I was like, just getting into it. I went to my first game that year and then 94, I was like really into it. And they had the number four overall pick big daddy. Dan Wilkerson went number one, Marshall Falk went number two. Can't remember who went number three. I think it might've been Tony Buscelli went number three either way. and then. Number four was was McGinnis, and, like, Willie was just – he was always my favorite player when I was a kid because he just was – he was awesome, and he was mean yeah. and nasty, and he just, like – he was – I loved the guy. And so I won that. I won that from a uh, – on a fantasy football contest from uh, guys over at Eat Sleep Fantasy. Um, and so – you know, I I just I was like, oh, it's Willie McGinnis. Like that's so cool. So yeah, so Willie's uh Willie's up there. He's up there for me. I'm a defensive guy. I what can I say? I'm a, I I love the defensive guys. Uh, obviously, you know Edelman and Gronk is dead to me. But like you know, there's there's <laughs> there's some guys that you know I love all the defensive guys and and uh yeah Willie maxs up there. But but Vince is Vince is my
2: guy. Oh yeah, you're 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 a perfect fit for our show because we love the same type of players. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Now we've already. We're we're running we're running late here. We haven't really uh gotten much into the defense. So really quick I want to ask you if there's anything about the Patriots defense that you want to tell people in order for them to understand it, what what would it be?
3: Yeah, I mean I think I think the biggest thing. So if you look at last year, right? Last year they played the Bills twice in, in non hurricane games and they did not force a punt, not one. And so the big focus and the emphasis was the fact that they didn't have enough speed. They just didn't have it. They didn't have the speed and athleticism to compete with really good offenses in the NFL. And so they got rid of Dante Hightower. They got rid of uh, Kyle Vannoy. They got rid of Jamie Collins. And they said, we got to start over. We're starting over from scratch. So they, you know, they signed uh, Peppers. They draft two corners. They, you know, and they switched their defense a little bit. So now that they they have some of these more athletic guys, they trade for Mac Wilson. So like, so they have, and Raquan Millen was hurt last year, but now he's back. So like you you've seen three and sometimes four safeties on the field at a time. You know, Peppers was out there playing middle linebacker at times against against the Dolphins because they're just saying we need that speed, especially against the Dolphins. They need that speed, right? So mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those things that they're, that they'll focus on. Now it might be a little bit different this week because the Steelers are a different type of team, right? They obviously have Deontay Johnson, who's super fast and a great, you know, great receiver in his own respect, but then they have big guys like, you know, Chase Claypool. And I know Pickens has speed as well, who like, I'm so jealous of George Pickens, man. I wanted him so bad. And I was just like, they traded back that they traded from, they traded back from 21 to 29. And I wanted him at 29. I wanted him at 21. Then they traded back to 29. I'm like, all right, George Pickens. Great. And then they drafted Cole Strange I'm like you got to be kidding me. Then they traded up to 50 and I'm like all right here he is George Pickens and they drafted and I'm like god damn it. <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah. Um but you know but so he's obviously looked great in camp but but they it's a different type of offense than Miami runs, right? You don't have to worry about so much speed. So you do you do need some of those bigger guys on the field because moves a beast, so you you need bigger guys on the field that can that can take those guys down and you're not worried as much about speed, so it will look a little bit different. But I will say that their, their their defense is significantly faster than it was last year, which I think is a good thing. And and they have some guys that can get after the quarterback which they really didn't have last year either. So uh, obviously they had, you know, Matthew Juden had a great year. But outside of him, there was no one that can get after the quarterback. So um, they improved the speed and they improved, you know, kind of that pass rushing ability for them. Um, and I just think, like, I think they're a, a solid defense. And they're, again... They don't do any one thing great. They're not like, hey, there's like this guy's an absolute superstar, right? And Devin Cordy, I think, is if he's not a Hall of Famer, he's damn near close to a Hall of Famer because he's been, you know, Mr. Consistent for 12 years here in New England, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and when you win the Super Bowls that he's won and you play the way he's played in big games and when you're, the you know, the captain of the best team in football for 10 years, you earn those type of things. But he's not he's not this great playmaker he just kind of he's like the quarterback of the defense right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um you know yeah it's 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 funny because it's almost like the sum is greater than the parts right the sum of what what you know what i mean the, the whole is the greater than the sum of the parts whatever the whatever whatever that term is right it's like you look at the defense you're like okay yeah you get some good players but then they get on the field and i think they play better than better than some people might think so i think that you know you're going to see a defense that's better than what you might look at. Like, I don't know. It's fine. Jalen Mills is the number one corner. Like, don't worry about it. You know, they're they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be better than, than Steelers fans might be expecting.
2: All right. Uh, So before we go, let, if you could let everyone know where they can read your stuff, where they can find you on Twitter, wherever Uh, Let everyone know where they can read your stuff.
3: No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This is fun. Um, but I am a uh, Pat's pulpit is where I write my stuff and it's at P lane underscore Pat's on Twitter. I'm always talking Patriots, obviously, but Marvel or, you know, I'm at school. I'm a eighth grade. I'm a math teacher too. So I'm always tweeting math stuff and stupid dad jokes and things like that too. So if anyone's interested in that stuff and uh, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much it. And if you, you know, I mean, if you ever want to download our podcast, we're at Pat's pulpit on uh, anywhere, anywhere you get those podcasts. So,
2: Well, thank you very much, Pat, for coming on the show. Definitely. Uh, Great show. Great time talking with you. We'll let you go now. Uh, So thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having
3: me. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good night.
1: You
2: too. too. Thanks. All right, Shannon. What is it about the Patriots that worries you the most for
1: this game? Belichick. I mean, they, they, they dominate the stores. They've, they've owned the stores. I mean, you know, we still look back to Ben's first game against them. And, you know, they, they broke, they broke the Patriots record winning streak. And, and, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have good memories of, of playing the Patriots. You know, they beat them with, with they had Matt castle at quarterback. So maybe now, you know, that Brady's gone and maybe now the stores can, stop that the weaknesses the Belichick knows how to exploit. Um but until I see the Steelers do it, they always will make me nervous. I think the Steelers are a better team right now. I, I really believe that. I believe that uh from top to bottom the Steelers are the more talented team. But Belichick it just he just seems to have the Steelers' number and he'll always they'll always be worried about that because he just can we see what he did in that Super Bowl against the Rams. I thought they were going to get beat. I really did. And they shut that Rams. I mean, they they never have superstars hardly. They'll have one really good guy on defense this day or two. I think it'd probably be Judon now. But he just, it, as he said, the sum's greater than the parts. He knows how to put, devise a scheme that's, that's going to give the Steelers fits. And the Steelers have so many holes and weaknesses right now that it does concern me greatly. Yeah, I will say
2: it's it's crazy to me because Brady's been gone for a little while. right? Mm-hmm. He's been in Tampa Bay for a little bit. We used to play the Patriots almost like every two out every three years. They were mm-hmm. always putting us with the Patriots, and the Patriots just had our number. And then Brady leaves and they're like, no, nah, man, you guys don't need to play the Patriots. Why would you need to play the Patriots? Brady's not there anymore. We can't, you know, watch Brady just tear up, you know, Dick LeBeau's <laughs> defense, Keith Baller, whoever it is, your great defense is just going to get absolutely shredded by Tom Brady. That's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I am, I am excited for this, but I agree. Belichick, Belichick's defensive game plans mm-hmm. have always, always had the Steelers. He always takes away what the Steelers want to do. hmm Right. And uh, Ben, Ben wasn't the quarterback that was like tricky, right? He's not going to, mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. going to beat you into something. Ben came out and was like, this is why I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to play Ben Roethlisberger football. And Belichick did a good job of thwarting that a lot of the times, a lot of the games. Now we're seeing a very, this is a very different matchup. When we think about like, when was the last time? There was a Steelers Patriots matchup that did not involve either Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady.
1: Yeah. You got to go back. Two decades.
2: (laughs) Right? Yeah. In my head, obviously, I go back to like 2001 because I'm going Mm -hmm. for punishment and that awful playoff game. Uh, But like, that's been it. It's been Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady have defined this matchup, and it's been a rivalry. Not like a, a a big time one because the record was not exactly balanced, uh, but it was it was a big deal whenever they faced off, and those two quarterbacks were the big part of it. And now neither of them are there, and it's Mac Jones versus Mitchell Trubisky. I it's 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 going to be interesting to me to see what what this even is. Like is is Patriot Steelers a thing anymore? Even like, I don't even know if that's a thing.
1: If you talk We're- about, you know, you somehow being just was not a good matchup. Okay. Look at all the hall of fame quarterbacks during Belichick's tenure in new England. Yeah. Peyton Manning, Drew mm-hmm. Brees, uh, you know, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you could just go down the list. None of them had success against new England. Nope. Even Peyton you know, Manning was a student. I mean, he studied the game. He was cerebral. And Belichick thwarted him all the time. Yeah. You know, he had had limited success. You know, he would have won more Super Bowls. He couldn't get past the Patriots. The only guy that you can say is Eli Manning. And even if you look at Eli, he didn't have monster games in those Super Bowls. But he made the plays when they needed it, you know, um, and I don't think it was – he's definitely not better than these other quarterbacks that I mentioned, but sometimes somebody just has your number. But yeah. Belichick, like you said, he knew, okay, we're taking Antonio Brown away. Y'all do whatever else, but we're taking Brown away. Well, sometimes that's all the Steelers had. Yeah, You know, you could single cover everybody else. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the thing about it. We just don't know what to expect this week because we really don't even know what the Steelers' offense – really is or what they're going to look like yet so I well if you know. look
2: if they're the only other quarterback other than Eli Manning to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl was Nick Foles and I'm like it, it, like you were saying like uh, yeah. those those aren't the great guys those no, are the guys no. that are like meh you know they're maybe good I don't know but then they just have games that are wacky you know like yeah. the throws Eli Manning was making the plays they were the completing
1: yeah.
2: yeah. It was ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And then you get Nick Foles out there, and that's all he did. Like, Nick Foles is doing crazy plays, but he Catches can't run a the touchdown. the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Foles
1: yeah. Catches a touchdown. I mean, yeah. it was nothing. It was not just your normal standard stuff. It was these crazy off-the-wall plays. hmm And now,
2: to, to put a little bit in the Steelers'
1: favor, that's
2: Mitch Trubisky. Like, <laughs> there were some plays, even... Last week, there were some throws he made that you're like, "Wait, like the one he 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 evades the tackle, mm-hmm. scrambling out, throws back across his body to Fryermuth, mm-hmm. like run into his left right arm, back going that way. That's a tough throw, but he That's squared his shoulders. Yeah, he like he, he did. He, he squared, squared his
1: shoulders. Yeah,
2: it was crazy. Yeah, but he's the kind of guy that can make that play.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we saw, you know. Third and two, Deontay Johnson wins an out route and he underthrows him and Deontay Johnson's come back and they don't get the first down. That happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like Mitch Trubisky is that kind of quarterback. <laughs> that if if this was the Super Bowl, you'd be like, hey, you know, maybe we we might have a shot here. <laughs> Obviously, this isn't the Super Bowl. This is week two. Yeah. Uh, and and then neither of these teams are are really Super Bowl favorites here, but uh I think it. I think it's. It's not necessarily a negative to have Mitch Trubisky in this game, simply because he is the exact kind of foible you want for a, a Bill Belichick and how he runs his
1: defense. I got to ask you this question because I've been waiting ever since you know the Watt injury and you know looks like maybe six weeks. Which okay. thank the good Lord, you know it's not season end and it doesn't appear to be. Yeah, but people's like. Well, are you writing off the Steelers because of this injury? What is the heart and soul of that defense? He is the best player on the team, and he's dominant. And his presence is one of the reasons that Highsmith got three sacks. You know, his presence is why that Hayward can get matched up on a rookie guard and torment him all day long, and that you know Fitzpatrick can play his true free safety position where he was like a small linebacker last year because of how bad the run defense was all that he's so critical, yeah. but I do think that with Reed now and Jameer Jones and whoever the other, you know, that fourth guy will be, um, even if it's Leal and they slide him out every once in a while, just especially in a, for a power package, you know, or a larger goal. Yeah. Line stand, um, I think that they can hold up but the offense is definitely going to have to do more than it did last week. But what do you, what is you? I mean, I know that a lot of people are saying that they're writing off the stores defense. They're not going to see what we saw last week, but I feel, I still think that that they can be all right. And, and you know, be competitive and keep the stores in these games. So how do you feel about it?
2: Well, you, you did mention, we're not going to see what we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will get to the rest of your question, but I I do want to say this because I feel it it has to be said every chance I get. Uh, Last week was something special. We watched Mm -hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick pull off a game that the best comparison I can make for it is the James Harrison-Baltimore game. I don't need to say which Baltimore game. Everyone knows (laughs) the Baltimore game for James Harrison. Minka Fitzpatrick just had a game that good. Yep going through his film he had one uh play where he made a he took a poor angle right it was coming across the middle and he he was behind the play and it, otherwise he would have tackled it right at the catch right but he had a, he took a poor angle and had to had to run back outside of that play i watched the all 22 film and watching every play mm-hmm. of the game every single one he was fantastic he was either doing exactly what he needed to do taking something away and they just went somewhere else but often he was taking something away. And then when they went somewhere else, he took that away too. Mm-hmm. Plays where he's he's in, he's in deep left safety and he's tackling the guy in the right flat as he catches the ball. It doesn't make sense. Minkovic Patrick was playing out of his mind. One of those just, you know, career games. One of those mm-hmm. games that's just like, that was incredible. We're not going to see that again. To rely on that, mm-hmm. it's it's not reasonable. Right, it's not reasonable. James Harrison was great. James Harrison didn't do what he did to Baltimore every week. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. With Watt out, right? Malik Reed can't fill Watt's shoes. Mm-hmm. Jameer Jones can't fill Watt's shoes. You, you know, you, there, there's maybe one or two guys in the NFL you could, you could somehow get on the Steelers right now and say, okay. I Think we could run like 95% of where we were with TJ Watt. No one is stepping into TJ Watt's shoes yeah. and replacing him. No one, Mm-mm. nobody. Maybe go back in time, grab Lawrence Taylor, bring him forward. You'd be like, all right, <laughs> we're even here. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that's the kind of level we're talking about. To, to cover for TJ Watt, the inside linebackers have to step up, the safeties mm. have to step up, the cornerbacks have to step up. That defensive line. They're going to have to keep rotating and they're going to have to keep, they're going to all have to step up. Everyone mm-hmm. is going to have to step up. The offensive line is going to have to step up the the quarterbacks and wide receivers, running backs. You list a position on this team. Every player at that position needs to step it up because TJ Watt is not out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's really the only way you cover for the loss of a TJ Watt. I don't need to tell everybody the record Last year, one of of the craziest stats, the record of this team last year when T.J. Watt played Mm -hmm. and when he didn't was on a pace for a Super Bowl season or the worst team in football. Mm -hmm. Right, That's the difference T.J. Watt made last year. We saw it again here. He's that level of player. The entire team is going to have to step it up. The dream scenario for Steeler fans now is that this team does that. The offense steps up and gels. They they get some of the charisma, kind of the 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 I don't know, the Wi-Fi, what A, A B and Ben called it. They get some of that developed they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. They're making the their their the passes are in rhythm, right? You you could tell at times Mitchell Trubisky is waiting for the receiver to to break because he mm-hmm. doesn't know how they're gonna run that break. Mm-hmm. Right, the only person he really ever threw an in an in rhythm pass to was Deontay Johnson. That was it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, he was waiting to see what they were doing so he could throw the ball to him because he doesn't know them. Mm-hmm. the The offensive line, there, there's still some miscommunications and some missed assignments going on that are just they need time to get together. They need to get on the same page. They need to get with this offensive scheme. You know, it all needs to come together. If that happens and this defense steps up and we see. Devin Bush looked like a good starter or a solid starter. Mm-hmm. Big step towards that week one. He 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 in a not very demanding role and, and 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 you know splitting snaps. He looked good. He looked serviceable. He looked like hey, this is a guy you can trot out there and be your number two linebacker and be okay with it and actually be pretty good with it. We need Miles Jack to be, you know, even more than he was. Mm-hmm. If this happens. Right, and this team is able to without T.J. Watt win a couple games here. Obviously, the first six weeks are tough. You've got the Bills, you've got the uh, Buccaneers uh, at the Brown at Cleveland on Thursday night. Thursday night away games are awful. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a there's a lot of tough games here. But if they can come out of this with a winning record and then get T.J. Watt back. That's that's the situation where you're looking at and saying this defense came together and played good without him. And now he's back. Right. When you add TJ Watt to a good team, that's a super bowl contender. So that, that to me is the situation. We'll see what we get because if we're a good team with TJ Watt out, then we're a great team when he comes back.
1: I was, we talked about Harris earlier before the show uh, with Pat and, Mm-hmm. Harris does not look the same. He is a a power runner. He 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 breaks tackles. You know, I, I, if you have a foot injury or a strain, and you're you can't drive through and power through like that, like he normally does, he's not going to be as effective. Yeah, and you almost, especially with with all this going on, and you know, it would it be a time to give him? a week or two to try to heal and get back to a hundred percent because they're going to need him. And maybe during that time with Warren and Snell and whoever that the line could start to communicate better start to gel and start to become more effective so that when he does come back healthy, that he could be more effective and help carry the team, which I think has been the plan all along, but he just does not look like himself. And, Um, and I believe that, that, uh that they need to really try to help him with make the right decision concerning that injury. And this is when people say you don't draft a
2: running back in the first round, this is what they're talking about, right? Because Najee Harris was the Steelers offense last year. Mm -hmm. And if he was healthy, he would be the star of this offense this year. But he has that, that foot injury. Reaggravates it he's not looking like you can tell his acceleration isn't quite there it's a little bit like it's you know he was here now he's here his cutting ability is way down mm-hmm. he doesn't cut as well he's not breaking the tackles as well like when you take everything down a notch all of a sudden Jalen Warren and Najee Harris look roughly on the same level mm-hmm. and that's that's not Najee Harris mm-hmm. that's not what he is but We're seeing right here, Najee wants to play. The doctors have cleared him to play. As a coach, you've got a leader on your team who wants to play. Mm -hmm. And he's cleared to play. What do you do? Sit there and say, Najee, you're barely, like you're the best running back on this team. But right now, it's not by much. Mm -hmm. And we'd love for you to get back to being that guy. But you know, how long is that going to take? If he rests... You know, obviously, if you rest, it takes less time. But how how do you manage that? For me, that's kind of a nightmarish situation where you're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, if, if if Najee Harris is involved in the offense, he's taking hits, he's putting strain on those legs, he's making cuts, he's pushing with it, he's running his feet through contact and putting strain and massive amounts of torque on the same things that were hurt, and he's well, trying to get recovered.
1: Well, the way the the offensive line is blocking right now, he's, again, having to try to make moves in the backfield. He's having to try to break tackles in the backfield. He's having to do too much. He's not having open run lanes and hit the run. One time, I think his best run was 11-yard run that -hmm. was well blocked, and he got up the middle, and then then he had some momentum, and he drove in there. I think that if, if they can block to that level, I think that there's a lot better chance of him not, re reinjuring or further injuring yeah. himself. But if it if it's like you know he's gonna get hit in the backfield every time, you're better off to arrest him, protect your investment, I believe, and, and play Warren and, and Snell more. Uh as that offensive line gels and starts to communicate better. Uh that's my concern. I'm, I'm afraid that the way things are looking right now, he's he's gonna injure that where he's out for the year. Or or frankly, I mean multiple foot injuries. You know the, these
2: kind of injuries wear on an NFL on a on a running back. We're talking mm. about wear and tear, physical, literal wear and tear on a running back, and that's your shelf life of a running back. Is is these little nagging injuries just build mm. up over time, and all of a sudden they just aren't as quick. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell; his last years here, he still had the vision, still had the patience, but he didn't have speed. Mm. I mean, he was getting run down by defensive linemen like he, he just couldn't is his top gear was like second gear you know he couldn't get out of it he couldn't he didn't have that speed anymore he was still effective because that offensive line was great and he and he still had you know his his, his vision yeah but he wasn't a guy anymore Najee Harris you you put the same kind of wear on a Najee Harris he's not going to be great because it's not Something intangible that makes him great. It is his physical ability that makes him great. Is he just going to physically beat you, win the run, win plays, break tackles? That's Najee Harris. But I just, yeah, I I'm with you. It feels kind of awful because I feel like we're. I'm obviously living in my fears here, right? This is this is the <laughs> negative side of me. This is that, but it, it kind of feels like maybe the best year of Najee Harris is behind him. And and it's gonna be watching him play when he shouldn't. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't know I I have that's my fear, I, I guess I uh I love Najee Harris love what he brings loves his love his leadership love his yeah. personality love the way he runs the football but right now he's not physically that guy so yeah. it's it's rough right now I I don't. Man, I, I don't know what to do about it. I, I just it feels awful to me.
1: There is um, no easy answer. Yeah. Uh and so that's why they get paid the big bucks. But one thing we haven't done is do you have a prediction for this game?
2: Do I have a prediction for this game? Yeah. I'm gonna go Steelers 24 20 mm. when in the when beating the Patriots. Uh, I, I think they take a lead, control it throughout the game, but it it's just kind of stays close,
1: but they're kind of in control most of the game. I'm going to say Steelers 21 to 18. Okay. I, I just think that it uh, it's going to be low scoring. The Steelers have more explosive weapons in their skill position players. I think that, like we saw last week, Deontay Johnson – Chase Claypool, Pratt Firemuth, maybe George Pickens this week. They'll make enough plays. And then you got Boswell, you know, they can come in and, and win it for you. So I think that's what we'll see. My,
2: my one concern with this game, if you had asked me how the Steelers lose this game, uh, Mike, my, my concern is with Mac Jones and the loss of TJ. Watt. Uh, it, it's no secret. Every quarterback is better when they're not under pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the but the interesting thing is when you find the quarterbacks that are really good against blitzes. Mac Jones is one of those guys. If you blitz him, he's really good. If you don't have him under pressure, he's really good. If you have a four man rush and you get pressure on Mac Jones, he drops off substantially. Mm-hmm. It's and that's the secret. Like everyone in the NFL knows, you have to be able to if you can't deal with the blitz, teams are going to blitz you. You you have to be able to obviously make plays when you're not under pressure, which is why they Value if you can get pressure on a quarterback with four players, you're gonna win games. But that's even bigger with Mac Jones. That drop-off when he has pressure on him and he doesn't have a hot read, it's not a you know, it's not an obvious blitz, mm-hmm. he is much worse than other quarterbacks. He he drops off substantially mm-hmm. against the blitz. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks. And when he's in his pocket, he's really good, right? When he's secure. Mm-hmm. The Steelers with TJ Watt, man, you'd be looking at this Patriots offensive line and saying, Hi, Smith, Hayward, TJ Watt. You know, we don't need, we don't need to blitz you. You're gonna be under pressure, and we're gonna be sitting on your routes, and we're gonna absolutely make you look terrible. That's kind of what I expected before the season started for this game to be like. But without TJ Watt, that's kind of a little rougher. And when you look at Brian Flores was obviously the head coach of Miami for the start of the post Brady era where the Miami Mm -hmm. dolphins have been winning and beating the Patriots. But if you look at it, Mac Jones didn't have bad games. He wasn't thwarting Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. It was more the dolphins were outscoring them Mm -hmm. really like, like they were outscoring the Patriots. They were winning special teams and on offense, but Mac Jones was still able to move the ball still pretty effective Uh, so if they, if the Steelers go with, Hey, we're going to make up for losing TJ Watt by blitzing a lot. I think that's, that's where you could get into trouble. That's where they could get in trouble with Mac Jones. You'll get a lot of those passes to the running backs. You'll get a lot of the, you know, stuff to the tight ends. And that's where the Steelers can get in trouble. That's my concern with this game, but I still, I don't think it's enough. I think the Steelers are going to win this game.
1: I think that the, the Steelers are better equipped to handle the things that the Patriots have done to them in the past. Uh, Again, there's not a Gronkowski. And they have a, you know, Terrell Edmonds to help with that issue. That's been an issue. Then I think that Miles, Jacks, and Bush will match up better with coverage with these backs out of the backfield. And we'll take that away and make the Patriots try to beat them with their wideouts on the outside which I know they did it with Chris Hogan in the day. They've done it with, you know, but I don't see any of them guys that really concern me in that matchup, uh, especially with Fritz Patrick being able to uh, play his, uh, you know, do all the things that he does at free safety and not yeah. have to focus on run support. So uh, that's why I give the Steelers a slight advantage, because I still think the Steelers' offense is going to struggle. But I, I do think that they'll make enough of those plays like we were talking about. Where they have a real advantage, that that they'll pull it out. So, hopefully, right. I'm right.
2: <laughs> All right, Sam. What's uh, I gave my we gave our predictions for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and tell people where they what you have coming up, what they can uh,
1: expect from you the rest of this week. Well, I'm going to have an article coming out about a uh, you know under the radar unsung hero from last week, and because uh, uh, I'm going to do my rookie review article every four weeks now because the Steelers really don't have enough. Rookies is going to be playing significant snaps to support the whole article. So now I'm going to try to, to focus on spotlight. Somebody maybe overlooked each week and then, you know, do the rookie review, maybe quarterly. So uh, yeah, that's all I got coming out right now.
2: All right. And for me, uh, Vertex came out today. Mm. It was on Minka Fitzpatrick's incredible game. Uh, Went through and showed some of the plays that, that aren't the highlight plays, but shows just, how he was impactful on every single play. Uh, our guest today talked about Minka Fitzpatrick's one of those guys you avoid and you don't even look his way. There are literal examples of <laughs> Joe Burrow, like under pressure, his hot route is over that way, but Minka Fitzpatrick's on that side of the field mm-hmm. and he's just staring at the left, hoping someone comes open because he's not throwing that way. <laughs> I, I was like, I I loved watching. It was just like, holy crap! Like you re- at, he there are places he's looking before the play. He sees Minka move over there. And he just posts that, boom, gets that ball, is looking this way. Never looked to Minka Fitzpatrick's no. side of the field. Just would not do it. Just like, nope, not going there. Not even testing that. Uh, which, in all honesty, is the right. When Minka Fitzpatrick's playing like that, that's what you have to do. You mm-hmm. just have to accept that you just have to avoid one half of the field. Uh, but that is out. Uh, I've got one more article coming this week, one I've putting a lot of work into. And it's about uh, what's wrong with the offense and, and it's about the difference that chemistry makes showing on film plays saying, Hey, this is where, you know, a throw that's a, a half second too late, or here's a throw, uh, a throw where you could tell the receivers running a different, running a route differently than the quarterback expects him to. Not like he's running a slant when it's an out route. No, he's running an out route, but you can tell the quarterback is expecting him to run it differently than mm-hmm. he's running it. They just don't know, like, they're not used to the number of – even things like the number of footsteps it takes you to turn mm-hmm. and then go to the sideline affects whether a throw is out at the reach of your hands or right in your chest or behind you. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that matters, and there's just some evidence that that's one of the problems they have mm-hmm. right now is that they just don't have a good beat on each other. This is a team that doesn't know itself very well. That's coming out, uh, so look forward to that. Thank you very much for everyone that's been in our live chat. It's been great Mm -hmm. reading along the comments. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Obviously, thanks to our guests. That was a a great show with him, with Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit. Um, Thanks, Shannon, for for being with me here as always. Uh, And to everyone listening, have a great week, and let's go Steelers.